You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 13th of January. Jazz dominate the Cavaliers. They're beating up on bad teams. Doesn't mean anything. Everyone's getting right. It's going to be a hard season, and Kyrie and James are making things awfully interesting. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice for the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. For those of you that don't know, at utahjazz.com slash lockedonjazz, after each and every game, our broadcast assistants put together something called Jazz Game Rewind, which is a recap of the Jazz Game in case you missed it via the radio call with Ron and I. And then we also do after every game live on Restream. We Restream it out, so that's on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook, as well as Periscope. We do a 10-minute post-game show called postcast those are available for you that's available for you on this feed on your podcast feed as well as at utahjazz.com slash locked on jazz just want to make sure you knew that make sure you join us every day appreciate you very much um so let's walk through last night there's a few things that are happening that are kind of interesting one is the the jazz guys are getting right like the jazz blew out the cavaliers last night and all of a sudden our guys are getting right Like, there's a certain point where the sample size gets large enough that, you know, numbers start to play back into the correct order. So George Niang, who's been really struggling, goes 6 of 11. He goes 2 of 4 from 3. He has 5 rebounds. He has 14 points. And, like, as you suddenly look, his numbers are going to start, you know, getting back to right about where they should be for his career. And it just takes a little bit of time. He's not been... Super, he was 0 for 4 the other night in Detroit. He just hasn't had it. And and when you play as little as he does, you know, 12, 13 minutes a night, it ends up, you know, you press. Bogey last night, 4 of 6, 6 of 10. Most importantly, there was a play where he came off the top uh, very aggressively. And, you know, I thought just kind of had a, a look like he wanted to shoot. He was wearing blue KT-type tape on his wrist instead of the various things. And he's not quite right, but you know what? He's at 35% from three, which is not the 40% he usually is, but it's not going to take him particularly long to go get to that number. Um, He's 37% overall. Like, he's going to have to dig out of this hole. It's all kind of, but it is all kind of coming back. And then Donovan, who's just been outstanding the last few games, has now put kind of everything back together. Donovan now from three in the last three games is 13 of his last 24. He's going to the line five or six times a game. He's getting four or five assists a game. He's shooting over 50%. He's He's been outstanding in the last three games, 32, 28, 27. He said it after Milwaukee. It doesn't matter. What, if I have one good game, I have to link multiple good games. And, you know, that's exactly what he's doing. You suddenly look at Donovan's numbers as, you know, and, I, and I've said, like, he, his efficiency numbers aren't great, but all of a sudden, 42% shooting, 38% from three, 79% from the line. He'll get to 80 here in no time. His assists are up. His rebounds are down. I don't care. Um, he's, you know, his turnovers are a tiny bit up. He's, he's really working himself right back 
to where we thought he was going to be. And the number that, you know, and you start to look at then dig in a little bit. So, you know, the number that's been tough on Donovan is he has not been hitting his off the bounce three. He's at 27% for the season on his off the bounce three. Well, let's now go look at the last, you know, three games and suddenly Donovan six of 11 on the off the bounce three. So he's now hot. He's six of, he was 0 for 4 the game before. So if you stretch it out, he's at his 40%. You know, his catch and shoot game has been electric all season long, 51%. And his off the bounce game's at 28%. That's not good enough. Well, we're now, what, what's the difference for Donovan? When the off the bounce three game is going and he's six of his last 11, he looks great. He looked simply to me off balance for a little while this year. He just, he was having problems with the handle in the paint. He was missing his little floater around the basket. He didn't look quite right. And, you know, I think that now you're seeing him, I, I you know, look a little bit more on balance. He's always aggressive. Um, he's being asked a lot. He's playing a lot more point guard. It's a different, it's a different job for him um, than it has been. So I think, you know, when you start to analyze his game and look what he's doing, what's happening is we're just getting a big enough sample size on all these things for them to start coming back into the right spot, the correct way of their game. And you look, start looking, you know, it's a six-game road trip. And so we look at a five-game road tr- from Donovan and look at his various shooting zones, and we begin to see, you know, it's all coming back together. Straight away, he was 7 of 16 from three. That's usually his off-the-bounce three. He was not as good at the rim, 13 of 28, but his floater, which was kind of had left him, was 11 of 17. So he's in that range. He's been good. So we're seeing guys get into the rhythm of the season and get a little bit better. I mean, I think that's truly what you'd expect um, at this point. And the numbers start to equal out. Like, you know, you start to look at it and we're still at a sample size in which you're, what you are is you're one or two games away from the player getting his numbers back to where they should be. And that's, you know, that's what we thought. We're seeing the Jazz, you know, defensive rating and things like that that wasn't very good uh, for much of the season. They go play back-to-back bad offensive teams, two of the worst in the league, and they absolutely dominate them defensively. And that's precisely what you expect. And it's also how you get your ratings up, right? You're not going to go have good defensive games against the Dallas Mavericks. That just doesn't happen. But the Jazz last night was their second best offensive game of the year, um, only surpassed by their performance in Milwaukee where they hit one more three, 25. And last night was their best defensive game of the year by a large margin against a completely depleted team that couldn't score. But that's exactly what you should do. And now all of a sudden we're ninth in the league defensively. So, I mean, that's that's you know that's what you've got to look at. The, the thing that's interesting, if you want to take a second, and try to figure out, you know, where we are still. I, I don't think we know. And one of the reasons we don't know, here are the 10 best offensive teams um, in the league, or the 10, I, I can look at it either way. Here are the worst offensive teams in the league. And, and we've played a lot of them. Cleveland, Oklahoma City, New York, we've all played. Memphis, Orlando, we haven't played. Minnesota, Detroit, so five of the worst seven offensive teams we've played in our 11 games. And so it's a little misleading right now to try to figure out where we are defensively. Now, on the other side, let's make sure that we're not like totally one-sided on this analysis. We've played Milwaukee, who's the best 
the offensive team in the league. We held them 11 points below their average. We played the Clippers, who are the third best offensive team in the league. We held them at eight points below their average, points per 100. We played Portland on opening night. We held them at 14 points below their average. Um, We played Brooklyn, who's the seventh best offense in the league, and they torched us. They were 10 points better than what we wanted. And we've played Phoenix, who's the 10th best offense um, in the league, and held them five points below their average offensively. So we have played both sides of the spectrum so far um, of the season. Um, And that's, you know... So, again, it all equals out is kind of my point here um, on this. Cleveland's not good. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to get too excited about that performance. They're shorthanded. They're missing four starters, um, maybe five, um, and, and they're not very good. But we we did a nice job with it. I thought it was really interesting what Vince LaGarza told us at halftime that the communication by the Jazz defensively in this game was the best it had been all season long. That that was, that they were absolutely uh, talking, communicating. I do think the Jazz, frankly, got a bounce from the news that their game in Washington was canceled. That like, oh, we get to go home a day early. We don't have to go to Washington. We don't have to fly an hour and a half the wrong direction and fly six hours back. I think there was a real juice to that, that that game got postponed. And so I think there's a, you know, I think that's uh I think that helped the performance yesterday. It's an interesting one. I mean, I don't, you know, we'll we'll get into this in the upcoming segment. Like, how you guard this team is really a very, I mean, I think it feels like when we watch this team every single day that this is not, it's like, it's really obvious to everyone, to us on how you're supposed to guard the Jazz. I'm not entirely sure it's that obvious. So we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, coming up. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. Uh, Brock Worthen, the president of Intercap, Steve Carter, our personal loan officer. We're just talking about really, really good people. Um, the work they do in the community, whether it's the backpack campaign, whether it's to help the fr- uh, frontline workers, it's just great. I love it when I get the emails from Brock. I, I hope I share them enough because I think it tells you a little bit of who they are um, with some regularity about just kind of um, the, the amount of work they do. I tell you all the time about Steve Carter and uh, how I've sent my COO to them, uh, how I've sent my friends to them, how they've come through all the time. I don't know if I share enough about the work they did with the refugees around Christmas to get them um, gifts and Christmas trees and give and and shares an incredible story Brock shared with me about it. They went into a family, had two mattresses, and that was it in their whole place. Uh, You know, family apartment, nice place, but that's it, two mattresses. No chairs, no tables, no sofas, no nothing. And um, they arranged for furniture and a small Christmas tree uh, to to their form. It's just really, I I love being involved with Intercap. They came to Utah in April of 2016. Josh Romney brought them to Utah. They're hyper-responsive. They embrace change. The great borrower experience. Give Steve Carter a call. 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. He's done two refinances for me. He's done our CEO. It'd be an amazing experience. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. And today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. 
Candy bar, protein bar, your choice. It's Built Bar. You decide, but the bottom line is it brings the protein you want with great metrics and fabulous, fabulous flavor. The Built Bar promo code is locked on. You get 20% off on your promo code. Uh, Cherry Barcia Bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and just four grams of net carbs. It's the Built Bars are healthy. They're for the health conscious. Grab, lose weight, maintain weight. Grab a little treat along the way. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet if that's what you're uh, doing as well. So go check it out at BuiltBar.com. They've got all sorts of uh, new deals, including a free bag of Built Boost, which I'm drinking every day. I usually do the emergency and now doing Built Boost every day as well. So with every bag, Purchase of a box of bars right now, limited time, you get a bag of, a mixed bag of Built Boost. Go check it out right now. Salted caramel, orange, raspberry, the flavors are fabulous. Built Bar is there for you, and the promo code is locked on. So, we're follow the jazz so much, I think that, you know, it's we kind of have this vibe, or at least I do. All right, people know how, the way you're going to defend us, you're going to get into us physically, you're going to blow up our routes. You're going to switch one through five like Detroit did. Slow us down the second half. You're going to be physical on us the way that Phoenix and Minnesota did and kind of undid our offense a little bit. But the other side of that is, one, it's got to be your natural DNA as a defense to be able to do that. Phoenix did. They, they came out. They were crazy physical with us. Uh, we had a really poor offensive game. The other poor offensive game we had this year was kind of against Brooklyn um, and and New York, I don't know if that was just, I don't think that was because of New York's defense, frankly, but Minnesota and Phoenix really, like they, Josh Okoge got into us, and Jay Crowder blocked Boyan Donovich's routes, and they blew up our handoffs, and they got into us physically, and you thought to yourself, like, and then Detroit kind of in the second half of that game switched, and you you think that that's the script, but you also watch some teams try to do, you know, the flip side is like, so San Antonio stays in their shell and we torch them. Milwaukee stays in their shell, we torch them. Portland stays in their shell, we torch them. So there's two things here. One is if you don't naturally play that style of defense and you play the back style and that's what what you're expecting, then, and, and you want to stay back, we're, crush, we're crushing people, right? I mean, we've had 23s in three games already more than 19, 19 or more in four, we're going to just keep doing that. That's who we are. We talk about it all the time. We're the, we're the best catch-and-shoot team in the league last year. We're, we're Going into last night's game, we were the fourth best catch-and-shoot team in the league, and every single one of our guys can do it, and we're just too good. Like, if you allow us to just go get into our routes and play catch-and-shoot basketball, we'll crush you. We're now the third best catch-and-shoot team, and it's only a matter of time before we probably catch the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Clippers are at 46% right now, so it's going to take us some time to catch them. And the biggest difference is we're getting them off this year. Last year, we were 21st in the league in attempts, and this year, we're about 15th. So, if you let us do that, our offense is really good. We're going to beat you. Uh, the... Teams are getting into us physically and, you know, blowing up our routes and overshifting and taking away floor. And if we can control the live ball turnover issue at that point, which is an issue, um, we last night did a better job of it, only had seven. We've allowed, you know, 10 live ball turnovers in four of the last six games. Then we actually can, if you overshift, we can, we, we have a tendency to go beat that up too. Like that's what's getting interesting for the Jazz is 
You know, when you play the overshift defense over the years, you put two on the ball at any point in time and get us to start moving the basketball, then then we end up in pretty good shape. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of things that, that stop the the game jazz because at the same point there, if you're either overshifting, you've got to bring a third guy into Rudy's role, or you're able or we're able to move the ball again. And so that's where this team gets really, really good. And we start to just get better shots than everyone else in the league and better shot quality. Last year our shot quality was not as good as it as it was in year in the years past, a little bit because Boyan um and Mike Conley and then Donovan, I think, he- headed the wrong direction on that. Uh, we ended up with just, I think, too many guys who took mi- you know fl- mid-range floater shots. This year, we have the eighth best shot quality right now of any team in the league. And then you rank how we're shooting it compared to that. We're not actually crazy. We're right in the middle of the pack. We're 13th in the league in our shot quality. Milwaukee, the Clippers, and Brooklyn, and Chicago are having like an unbelievable start of the year shooting. Well, I think they'll all come back down to life a little bit. Lakers and Denver a little bit as well. Um, but our, over, our overall shot quality is eighth in the league. We haven't, we've shot it well, but we haven't shot it crazy yet. Uh, so, you know, there, that is still the script on us of how you're going to defend us is is you're getting into us physically. And if we can start to figure out how to beat that, then we've got the final answer. Because the other two choices, you overshift, you overplay us, you try to keep us on one side of the floor. We're beating that by moving the basketball and getting those looks. And then the other side of it is that when you just play in your shell, we're crushing you. Right now, we're not a great offensive team. Uh, We're not a great offensive half-court team at all. What we are is actually transition, which was something we were not good at a year ago, we've become very, very good uh, in transition. Um, the The offense in the half court right now is 21st or 21st in the NBA. And, you know, the only nice thing is we've reduced that down. We're about 15th in the league in percentage of plays and we're, we used to be uh, probably the, the most half-court possessions in the league. What we are in transition is the second-best transition team in the league right now. We're getting out, open court, getting good looks, and finding um, catch-and-shoot opportunities early in that setting um, to be able to c- create catch-and-shoot opportunities right now. And that, that, makes, us, that makes us super good. Um, so that's a thought, just a little bit, on kind of where we are offensively. We're not... I don't want to, you know, again, we had our best offensive game of the year against uh, Milwaukee, which is a good team, and then we had a, another one against Cleveland. We did the same thing. Uh, and, and you know, we're shooting 39% from three right now, which is high, but I'm not sure it's crazy high for this team. This team can really, really shoot. It's what we do. Um, and we're going to have to see how we do against some of the better teams uh, coming up. Atlanta's a really good offensive team, bad defensive team. We'll get what we want. Denver will be a big one on Sunday. Uh, then New Orleans twice, Dallas twice, Golden State, New York, not in that order, and Denver. I mean, our next, it's interesting coming up here, to close out the year after Atlanta, we play Denver twice, New Orleans twice, Dallas twice. So six of our next eight games are all against teams that we're playing twice in a short period of time. That, I think, will tell us something. I don't know, you know, we'll see how New Orleans gets one day in between games and Dallas doesn't. Um no, Dallas does too. Both teams get a day between games. So it'll be interesting to see how they would defend us day one versus day two and whether or not these teams are capable of actually altering their defensive person style and personnel to be able to handle what 
what we do. And I, 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 I'm tentative on that. Hey, Lockdown Bets nailed the Oklahoma State-Kansas game yesterday for you. Hope you uh, got a chance to take that one in. Lockdown Bets is our daily podcast that brings you uh, three to four games every single day that you want to jump aboard and be a part of. Uh, it's all brought to you by Bet Online AG. You can get into the weekend action of uh, the NFL weekend. You can get into the NBA action. Lee Sterling, our Lockdown Bets guy, has been killing it on college basketball right now. And you can follow his lead and get involved at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. NFL games, college basketball games, all the big things going on. Uh, Also, you can visit our good friends and exclusive partner at at betonline underscore ag on the social networks and find some other great bonuses there. Sign up for a free account. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Uh, for the promo code to get your bonus, as I mentioned the other day, they always send me some uh, super fun little uh, bets and, and odds and things like that. Yesterday, uh, they did the same uh, on some of the coaching thing, coaching games that are going on. Um, let's see what I got today. Aaron Rodgers announced he's going to guest host uh, on Jeopardy. So they've got odds on, on that. They got some fun prop bets going on um, with that. Um, they've got a prop bet of whether Donald Trump gets removed from the movie Home Alone. Um, they got prop bets on how many NBA games we canceled. We'll talk about that coming up here. Uh, and then they have some MLB futures going on. It's all at betonline.ag. It's kind of a good content site too for a lot of fun stuff. Betonline.ag promo code locked on. All right, I want to just talk about. We talked a lot about the cancellations and everything yesterday. I I think what's becoming clear, the vibe and Atlanta versus uh, Phoenix just got postponed, um, which is interesting because um, the Suns don't have enough required players, so that should not impact the next Jazz game. Um, But so Atlanta and Phoenix just got postponed, and we're just seeing these postponements, and we're seeing the tightening of the protocols. I just think that this... Like, this is going to be a hard season for the players and the coaches. The isolation's real. Quinn Snyder's talked about two things I think have been really, really interesting on our coaches' show, if you've listened to them. One is, and that, if you follow the podcast Utah Jazz Radio, you can get the coaches' show every night. Um, One of them is the idea that there's this anxiety level, and maybe he's just feeling this as a coach, but I'm sure the players do also that you're just getting tested every day and you're just always wondering whether or not you're positive or negative. And I, you know, when we went through the Rudy thing on March 11th, I I would share with you that there, there just was this kind of anxiety to what was taking place. And, you know, even after you test negative, you're, you're checking your temperature five times a day and it's just a whole element to it. And I think from Quinn and the coaching staff standpoint, trying to prepare for games, there's this really, there's this anxiety. The other one that Quinn Quinn was talking about Jordan Clarkson last night on the show, and the he said, you know, we were talking about the conversations they had in the bubble and and the relationship they built in the bubble, and he kind of just offhand said, well, you know, you can't do that now, and that's the part that I think is most interesting is what they really, the team camaraderie and team collectiveness is just going away. Uh, there's just, you know, 
part of the problem is these guys are getting together in their rooms and playing Call of Duty or whatever. Well, they guess that, you know, if they socially distance and they don't have too many guys in the room and they're all masked the whole time, they probably can still do some of that. But, you know, they're they're really basically getting told to stay in their hotel room the whole time. You know, there's a whole social element, frankly, that I've experienced of coffee. You know, we all go to coffee together. You've heard the stories about me and Igor, Vince and I go. But you also bump into Mike Elliott and and Barnett and, you know, Eric Waters and other coaches while you're at coffee and you end up talking. And so what's happening inside the social group and then there's this other element that they now have the seating on the planes and the buses such that you have to be certain space they have four buses instead of two and you always have to be sitting in the same seat all the time so you you really have eliminated a a great deal of the social team interaction that's taking place and you have to, right? The pandemic is real. We've done a terrible job of controlling it. Heck, we've had two referees in each of the last two games in Cleveland, clearly because the referees are going through the same thing. Um, and so Merrick Kogut was supposed to work last night and Derek Richardson the night before and neither of them did. So we've had referees with two games uh, or two games with two referees. So, it, you know, it's real. I just think it's, and it's fine. And that I'm not asking for sympathy for them. I do, I just... Let's be honest about it. It's going to be difficult um, and it's going to have a burden on them. Um, and I think that's, uh, I think that's, you know, worth kind of, and, and guys are going to start getting grumpy. We're just going to see, uh, yeah, I got the joke is they can't have friends in the room and maybe that, yay, that's part of the experience, right? But guys are going to start getting grumpy. But, like, I don't know what that grumpy is, how it's going to manifest itself, whether it's James Harden, you know, just continuing a trade demand or, but, but it's, you know, you're sitting in your hotel room all day. You don't have a lot going on. You come out like, it's just, we're all grumpy. Right. Um, so, uh, again, I'm not saying this in the realm that the players need a great deal of sympathy. I just saying it as an understanding of what they're about to go through. Uh, all right. James Harden, they are three and six. James Harden went five of 15 last night. That situation seemingly is getting less and less tenable. Um, maybe they just trade him for Kyrie Irving. I do. Uh, the Kyrie Irving situation is bizarre. You have to be understanding to it. It might be an insight into some mental health issues. It might not. Um, none of us know. And so, you, you know, I think reporters are being appropriately cautious in this day and age, which is a nice change from, um, you know, maybe the way this has been approached in years past. But boy, there is also a level here where you sign a player to rely on them to be able to be there and play for you. And when they never show up, it gets to be pretty burdensome. And now inside this picture of him at a party, it's going to be uh, even a longer stretch. So that that one is a really fascinating just sociological um, exercise uh, to watch as well. All right. Um, three of the games tonight have already been canceled. Atlanta at Phoenix, Orlando at Boston, and the Jazz at Washington. It'll be interesting. Some good games tonight to watch, though. Um, and keep an eye on Brooklyn and New York are battling. It's an ESPN. Doris is on the call there. I was texting with her the other day, so you can grab that. Uh, Dallas, Charlotte's interesting. Gordon's playing pretty well. I want to see where Dallas kind of is right now. Try not to make huge observations about teams, but I certainly want to. Clipper, uh, Clippers in New Orleans is an interesting one. New Orleans just can't seem to win games. Uh, and then Portland, Sacramento tonight as well. So good ones. Have a good one. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast, Locked On. N- B-A.